Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is your Apostle Nicole Reddick, and I am coming to you today with a message on things to think on too. This is Converting Souls Apostolic Ministries. Things to think on too, Apostle Nicole Reddick. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your love and your grace. I thank you that you touch down upon us and that your love empowers us. And I pray that as we go into this message that you would give each person that listens or hears the message through video or audio that they will, you will open up their ears and eyes of understanding and enlighten them, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, give them the understanding that they need, that you may be glorified in their life. Make them men and women of grave report. In Jesus' name, the potentate king who lives forever and ever. Amen. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, that sometimes is hard to come by. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on things, these things. Things to think on. So this week, we're talking about whatsoever things are honest. What does it mean to be honest? It means to be venerable. What does it mean to be venerable then? It means to be fair, to be straightforward in your conduct. To be fair, to be straightforward in your conduct. To be honest, that's what it means, to be honest. 
Luke, the fifth chapter, the twelfth verse. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you will, can you make me clean? Can you make me clean? And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And when he withdrew himself, he went into the wilderness and prayed. Verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The Holy Ghost was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed with a man which was taken with the palsy. And they sought means to bring him in to lay him before him. And when they could not find by the way that they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went on a housetop and let him down through the tilling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes, Pharisees, began to reason, saying, Who is this which speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, see... They talked among themselves. And these were men of honest rapport. But at least they were being honest among each other. But when Jesus perceived in his spirit. He perceived in his spirit. What reason do you have in your hearts? Whether it is easy to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. You've got to understand that Jesus was a man of honest rapport. He was venerable. He was grave. He is still majestic. And what was going on here was that. He was letting them know. 
I can forgive sins. I can cover it up by saying, rise up and walk. But in verse 24, ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thy house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. At least they were being honest among themselves. But what is truly honest? It is a character trait because of the fairness and straightforwardness of someone's conduct. Understand that honesty indicates the earthly dignity lent to a person and one who also owes his modesty to that higher citizenship. We owe our honesty as believers to God, to Jesus Christ. He is the higher citizenship. Which is also his being one who inspires not only respect, but reverence and worship. And we see that these men and women, these men that Jesus healed, the leper and the paralytic that he healed... They had much respect. They came to him and they asked him for his help. And he gave them what they asked for. But he said, but then fame went abroad about him because of the awe. Because. He owed the modesty to the higher citizenship. He spread the truth. He was honest to those around him. He let them know who healed me, who forgave my sins and my outward appearance changed, who took and healed me, forgave my sins and I can walk again. I'm no longer paralyzed. These men reported Honestly, the fame, it went abroad of him. Great multitudes came together to hear him and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And there were times, it says in verse 16, he had to withdraw himself and go into the wilderness and pray. And after hearing the paralytic, he said immediately he rose up from the bed and took up whereon he laid, departed to his own house, glorifying God. He brought all. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. It was a strange thing to see a paralytic walking. But they came, became witnesses of honest rapport. And they gave respect and reverence and worship God for it. The higher citizenship. <clears throat> These people became honest. 
that gave honest rapport. But we see the opposition in the Pharisees and the scribes. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. We're talking about being honest. Thinking on these things, whatsoever things are honest. Think on how God healed you. Think on how he set you free. Think on what he did for somebody you know. Think on things that are honest. And it will make you glorify God. Give all and respect to him. Think on these things. The eighth chapter, the sixth verse. And so much that we desire Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. So why is this important? It's the conduct the flairness and the straightforwardness, the dignity that he has. They are desiring him, exhortating him. That's why they desire him. He's needed to be called to one's aid. It's why they called him. He is a man of honest rapport. His conduct and dignity showed forth that they will call upon him. Where did he get it from but God above? The higher citizenship. This is what we got to understand. We got to think on things whatsoever things are honest. And when you think on Jesus, and when you think on God and the power of his spirit, and the things that they think did for you, when you give your testimony whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are honest. Verse 16. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. What is God showing us? The same heart that the Apostle Paul had, Titus had for I mean, Titus had for the believers at the Corinthian church. They desired him. Why? If we go back to verse 7, it says he abound in everything, in faith, utterance, knowledge, diligence, and love towards them, that they abound in grace also. Verse 17, for indeed he accepted the exhortation. The desire that they had to call him, he accepted it. But being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. This is what they heard about Titus. And this was honest. This was his character. It was given to him from the highest citizenship, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. He was fair and straightforward in his conduct. His dignity. 
So they exhorted him by desiring him to come unto them. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. And not that only, but who also chosen of the churches to travel with us with his grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of a ready mind, of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance which is administered by us, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but in the sight of men. Things to think on. Are you providing of honesty? Not only in the sight of Lord, but in the sight of men. Are you giving an honest report? Are you grave? Is your character, your conduct fair and straightforward? Does your dignity show the greater higher ship, citizenship? Do you show God the respect and reverence and worship that's due his name? He is the higher citizenship. The Bible says that the believer's praise should be in the gospel. Is your praise in the gospel? Are you thinking on these things? Titus was desired because his praise was in the gospel. And verse 19 says his glory was of the same Lord, the higher citizenship, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 23 said his glory was of Christ. He respected and reverenced and worshiped. Another definition of, all, of honest means majestic in all inspiring quality, in honesty which does not repel but rather invites and attracts. It invites and attracts. It is majestic. It is awing to everyone. This quality of honesty from the higher citizenship, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Peter 2.12. 1 Peter 2.12. 1 Peter 2.12. 1 Peter 2.12. <clears throat> Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good works. Now, how can evildoers be your good works unless you have honest rapport? They may be your good works 
which they shall behold glorifying God in the day of visitation. I keep talking to y'all about the day of visitation. There are times in my mind I'm remembering what the Bible is saying about this day. This day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we must understand that in the day of visitation, God will be glorified. in the day of visitation. That is an important day, especially for the believer. You might have your own personal day of visitation when the when Jesus Christ converts you, baptizes you in the spirit. But there's a day of visitation coming. And when your day comes, what is going to happen? You will glorify God for whatever reason he is visiting you for. Some days our visitation are not pleasant. But this day, there will be glorifying of God. Reverencing and worship to the higher citizenship. Luke, the fourth chapter. Citizenship. 
wondered at gracious words. Gracious words, his words were honest. They were awing. They were majestic. They drew men and women. It was attractive, his gracious words. His gracious words. Chapter 2, verse 47. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answered the majestic words of Christ because they were honest. They drew men and women, uh, men and women that y'all don't want to draw. They drew them, those that were paralytic, uh, those that were leprous. Uh, they drew men and women that had problems. No matter the problem, and his fame went forth. Um, there were people that didn't have those type of problems. He drew men and women mm, possessed by demons. And they, by his gracious words, were set free. They were delivered. A man of honest rapport. He was grave. We must carry this quality, this character. We must have this in our conduct. Uh, but whatsoever things are honest, he said, think on these things. Psalms, the 45th chapter, is the wedding song. It speaks of Christ. It's messianic. Verse 2 to 7, thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Uh, what did they say? They said he spoke gracious words. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God has blessed thee forever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh. And O oh, most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness and thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies the people fall under thee thy throne O god is forever and ever the scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness therefore god thy god hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows what happens when there's gracious words coming from you when jesus is teaching the truth of his word people are drawn and we must do the same thing matthew the 14th chapter Twenty-three through twenty-five, and when he has, and when he had sent the multitude away, see, he had to send them away. At this point, when his fame became abroad, he had to start sending them away. He went up into a mountain apart to pray. The first time we heard, he 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 left himself and he went into the wilderness. 
This time he had to send the multitudes away that he could pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. What is it that when you have this character of honest, being venerable, you're fair and you're straightforward in your conduct, what is this dignity that God gives to his people? He is the higher citizenship. And it inspires respect, reverence, and worship. It awes people, makes them glorify God. First Timothy, the third chapter. First Timothy, the third chapter. The eighth verse, likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. You can't be greedy of money here. Holding the mysteries of the faith in a pure conscience. Now, here it says one must be grave. This is to a higher call of office, a call of leadership. God is saying you must have this honest character, this honest quality, this conduct of straightforwardness and fairness. You must have it, even being called as a deacon. It is the leadership, the call to an office. Acts, the sixth chapter. Let me tell you about these deacons. This is where we find it. Acts, the sixth chapter, the third verse. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest rapport, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. You want to be a deacon, you've got to be a man or woman of honest rapport. You've got to have this grave quality. It don't just belong to the apostles. It just don't belong to the prophets. It don't just belong to the bishops. It just don't belong to the pastors, to the evangelists, to the teachers. But he's calling on even the deacons. The, this is the call to office. And one of the requirements is a man or woman of honest rapport, grave in their conduct. And a man and woman of honest rapport is one having good con character. Titus 2. Let's look at this. Titus, the second chapter. One to two. It says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. 
healthy for you. Uh, people are able to hear and understand and move in them that the aged men be sober, grave. He's given commandment to Titus. He will be the one in charge and he's saying sound doctrine that the people you teach, uh, the ones you birth in the spirit, the ones that are coming up with you, that they may be grave in their character. Temperate, sound in faith and charity and patient, and the aged woman likewise. You got to have those characters too. That they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, but teachers of good things. Whatsoever things are honest, think on these things. Think on the people with honest rapport, having good character. They get it from the higher citizenship. They get it from Jesus Christ, their Lord. And they get it from God the Father. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. An honest report is a good report. It's being grave. Verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, but God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. They could receive the promise of the Holy Ghost. But they received the promise of eternal life. The promise he's talking about here is of the Holy Ghost. We are being made perfect. But the elders, by faith, received a good report. We've got to understand. We've got to carry the conduct of the higher citizenship, the conduct of Jesus Christ, the everlasting Father. First Peter 5.3 tells us we must be a good example. He's saying to the elders, don't be lords over God's heritage, but be examples to the flock. This is a good example. Titus is a good example. The elders in Hebrews 11 are good examples. They are men and women of honest rapport, good character. First Timothy two. First Timothy two, two through six. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a 
quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who with have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one meteor between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. There's something in being honest. There's something in being honest. Here in verse 2, honesty means decency, the ability to perform well one's duty as a citizen, but in addition, showing the dignity, not from the earth, but from heaven, thus drawing respect and reverence. Decency. You're honest with men on the men level, but you're drawing on respect and reverence. Respect and reverence because of your heavenly dignity. You've got to let the heavenly dignity override the earthly dignity. You've got to become that of the higher citizenship. People should recognize it in you. Romans 13, 13, walking as honestly as in the day. I want to go to this last verse. Luke, the seventh chapter. Luke, the seventh chapter, the 24th verse through 30. And when the messenger of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went you out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went you out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in the king's courts. But what went you out for to see a prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God, being baptized with the baptism of John because of the just the gracious words of Christ. These received the truth. These received him and they were baptized. Now let's go to verse 30. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. I want you to understand. They said, rejected the counsel of God. Where is his honor? These are supposed to be Pharisees and lawyers. These are Jews that knew and understood him. They walk with the chief priests. They walk with them. These 
had a reputation, but where was their honor towards God? They rejected the counsel of God. Where was their honor? They did not respect the higher citizenship. Let's go to chapter 8, verse 5 through in 8. Chapter 8, verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. He was saying, let him understand. He was saying, are they enlightening their eyes with an understanding? Verse 15. This is what it meant that they on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart have heard the word, kept it, and bring forth fruit with patience. The word of God on good ground. Is your heart ready? Is your ground good? Are you receiving the counsel of the Lord? Or does he have to say, if I be a father, where is my honor? If I be a master, where is my fear? A man, a woman of honest rapport, they will receive the counsel of the Lord because their heart is in good ground. They are honest and good. And good ground accepts the counsel of God. How is your heart today? How is your heart today? Is it good ground? Can you think on these things? Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are honest. Can you think on the higher citizenship? The dignity that he gives his believers, the dignity that he gives his followers, the dignity that he gives his leaders. Are you thinking on these things? Things that are of honest report. Are you an honest witness for God? Are you thinking on these things? How is your heart? Are you receiving from him today, from this message? He that have an ear to hear, let him hear. Think on these things. Whatsoever things are honest. Think on Christ, the higher citizenship. Think on God, the Father, the higher citizenship. He wants you to carry his character, the dignity of the higher authority. Think on these things. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I pray that the hearer begin to think on things that are honest and that this honesty be in them as they are being chosen leaders of you, and that the dignity of this world does not compare to the dignity of the heavenlies. Father, thank you for giving us things to think on. Thank you for giving us things that are honest to think on. Be glorified, Father, in the earth. 
be glorified, our Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. The potentate kings forever and ever. Amen and amen.